Hey there, I'm Charlie Dice, and you're listening to the Life Beyond Infertility Podcast, a podcast devoted to providing information and sharing stories surrounding how to accept your infertility and learning to live a happy, fulfilled life beyond it. As a life after infertility coach and someone who's personally been through the ups and downs of trying to conceive and passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered to take their lives back and find the joy in them again. I believe this area is a crucial missing link in the infertility space. And by talking about it and sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. Welcome back to the Life Beyond Infertility podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Dice, and today I have a really special guest, um, Sharna Saba, and she is with the Institute of Healing underscore PL is her Instagram handle. Um, She's a pregnancy loss certification and podcast host, and she's coming to us from Australia, which is really exciting. I've never been there, but I hope to visit. So welcome, Sharna, and uh, if you want to just give a little introduction about how you got to where you're at with, you know, your business today and a little bit of your backstory. Thank you so much for having me. And if you do ever get to Australia, make sure you let me know because I'd I love will. to show you some of the places, although we are very a very vast country. So <laughs> it doesn't, unfortunately, we can't get to places in just an hour, but you know, there's some beautiful places here. So definitely let me know. Thank you for having me on your podcast and allowing me the space to share my story and where I'm at. It kind of all started, you know, I was in my, I'd say mid to late twenties and I was like, I wanted to have kids, but I felt like, you know, I wanted to also enjoy life. And so I kept putting, you know, children off. It was always part of my plan, but I think I just felt like I wanted to be selfish And I wanted to do things for me. When I sort of hit 30, I was like, okay, now I really do want to have children. Uh, But it wasn't that easy for us. We were trying to conceive for five years. And throughout that time, we had seen fertility specialists and, you know, they kept saying everything was okay. I was okay. My husband was okay. So just just keep trying. Although he did give me uh, a medication to obviously help the process. Probably, I think I might have taken that medication maybe once or twice. And then on that, maybe the second or third cycle, everything is kind of like timeline-wise for me. It's kind of a blur. <laughs> but I think it was about the third cycle I actually fell pregnant. And I my period was always so irregular. So I didn't really know that I had missed it until I was a bit later along. So when I found out, obviously I was so excited in my mind. I was like, yes, this is, this is it. This is the moment that I've been waiting for the moment that I can, you know, quit my job and be a stay at home mom and, you know, do all of the things that I had wanted to do. We went to obviously the GP and they confirmed that the, that I was pregnant. Uh, We organized an ultrasound appointment And we went to the ultrasound appointment and they said, "Um, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. And the baby had stopped growing at seven weeks. And by that point, I thought I was about 10 weeks. So when my GP, we went back over to her and she was like, you know, it takes about three weeks for your body to realize that the pregnancy is not viable. And I realized I was at that three week mark. So we kind of just went home and waited, waited for my body to miscarry, but I was like, I don't even know 
I don't know what what's going to happen. What do I, how do I know, you know, when it's going to begin, begin and when it's going to end? And, you know, it wasn't anything like I was told it was going to be. It was such a traumatic experience for me um, to the point that I, I actually thought I was going to die. I had convinced myself that was going to happen because uh, I was losing so much blood. Going through all of that and also leaving the hospital, ended up in hospital to have a DNC. When I got home, there was no support, nothing from the medical system, nothing from you know anyone really. Like my my family obviously knew what I was going through, so I had the support of my family and my mm-hmm. husband, but that was it. And I realized at that point, I was like, if I'm not the only woman that's going through this, there has to be more women that are searching for support, more women that are needing this validation of what they're going through. Because I felt like I was making everything up. I felt like I was a failure as a woman. Like I had one, my my body had one job and it it couldn't even do that right. Everything in my life up until that point that I thought was true and real was flipped on its head. I re- reprioritized everything and I questioned everything about my life, everything about me as a woman, as a person. I realized as I was kind of coming through my healing and recovery that I needed to create support because if I was feeling that way, there was more women that were feeling that way. And I didn't want any other woman to feel so alone and isolated and misunderstood and blaming herself, but not getting not getting the support to help her out of that because you can get out of it. It can be very consuming, but you can get out of it. Although if you don't have the support and the awareness and the people around you to help you get out of it, you can stay there and you can stay stuck there. And I didn't want any other woman to feel that they had, that was their forever place, that they had to stay stuck in that pain and confusion and overwhelm and stress. And is that what kind of prompted you to get the certification that you did then or? Yeah. So I started just, I just did a life coaching certification because I was like, I I didn't really know where to start, but I knew I needed to create something. I decided to specialize in pregnancy loss. And then I went and did a self-healing spiral uh, practitioner course as well, which uh, is a course that teaches you how to heal yourself. And essentially a lot of what I learned in that course was stuff that I had done for myself in my own healing and recovery anyway. So okay. it just gave me a structure and a framework to follow and obviously, you know, tangible tools and all, and the reassurance that, you know, I was doing the right things for myself as well, because someone else had created this program around stuff that I had done. And then I went and did a trauma-informed coaching course as well. So because I realized that there is so much more to healing than just going and seeing a therapist. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of the doctors will send you is just to a counselor or a therapist. And I'm like, from my own experience and from my clients' experiences, there was a lot that was missing from the therapy sessions. And they always left feeling like there was something missing, but continued to keep going because that's what they're told to do. Uh, Just keep going, keep trying to, you know, sort your life out. And then you end up seeing a therapist for like years. Like, I think I saw a therapist for about five years. Mm -hmm. And one of my students 
saw a therapist for seven years before realizing, you know, all of this stuff that I'm bringing to the world with the practitioner program. You know, it's just this missing, there's missing link. It's like a, a, this huge gap in the system. And I knew that for me, I had to work on my physical health and my mental health and my spiritual health in my healing and recovery. It wasn't just going to see a therapist and working on my mental health. My body was screaming out for acknowledgement and support. And I needed to figure out how to do that, which is kind of where I am now with that whole um, trauma approach to it, because we need to see our experience. Not every woman is going to go through, uh, going to experience pregnancy losses, trauma, but the ones that do therapy, isn't going to be the Holy grail, the answer. It's not going to give you the support that you need it to move forward because there's still so much that your body is holding on to. I'm just curious, like what for the listeners and for me too, because I don't know, you know, I did go through miscarriage, but it, like you said, it feels different for everybody. Mm-hmm. What were some of the physical symptoms that you were feeling that made you realize like your body was still holding on to that trauma? Like were there specific things you noticed? Kind of give some examples of that. Yeah, I think for me, it was more so that I was just absolutely terrified of my life. Um, I can sort of mentally, there was a lot of physical pain that I experienced as well. You know, back pain, chest pain, um, reoccurring headaches as well. But there was also a complete fear of life, of people, of someone saying something to me and triggering me. And that kind of was a cycle that I got caught in. Uh, It was almost like I was trying to tell myself that I was okay, but then I'd step out the door and I'd fall apart. Okay. And I was like, I don't know how to actually go into my day. I don't know how to cope with the things that are coming up. And as much as I'd gone to therapy, I still couldn't cope because I was in my mind, I was telling myself, yeah, this, this, I'm okay. This is cool. Like I can go back to work, but my body was still so scared of, you know, everything. I think because I guess miscarriage and, you know, pregnancy loss in general, like it's not something that you ever anticipate. So I feel like in society, so you don't really know how to navigate it. Mm -hmm. And then society doesn't know how to navigate it either. So you can't talk about it. No one understands you. So you push all of that inside. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, no one gets me, so I can't talk about it. I can't feel what I need to feel because someone's going to think I'm a crazy person having a mental breakdown in the street. So many women have it or at least experience some portion of infertility, even if it's not a miscarriage. Like you said, you know, you do feel completely isolated and you do feel alone and you do feel like the crazy person in the street if you say something, which is such a juxtaposition because it's like if so many people are feeling this way and so many people have experienced it why do we still feel that way like why do we still feel alone it's something I've struggled with and you know I know in your program you you deal with that or you touch on that which I think is just like you said part of the missing link even going through you know, trying to conceive and being that we were trying for so long, 
when people realize, you know, how long you've been married or how long you've you know been together as a, as a couple and they're like, mm-hmm. why aren't you having kids? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, we're trying. No one, like as soon as you say like, we're trying, you know, what else do you want us to do? They kind of don't even right. really even know what to say. And we ended up, I think we've had, we had that many conversations with people about, oh, when are you going to have children? And we're like, well, yeah, thanks. We're trying, but it's not happening. I'm like, how much, how much do you want me to talk to you about right now? Mm -hmm. And it's, they get so awkward in that moment too. And then even after you do have children, even if you have one, when are you going to have a second one? And you're just Um, like, Mm -hmm. so you still can't escape that conversation of people thinking, oh, they've got an opinion on your fertility and the amount of children that you should be having and you've been together for so long you should have children by now it's mm-hmm. like I just want society to stop asking those questions and all like putting the pressure on the the couple on the woman in that moment but if they're going to ask those questions be okay with what you know what the response is going to be absolutely because even I if that, that response is I don't want to talk about it <laughs> right yeah yeah you know because exactly. then people don't know what to say but sometimes that's what you have to say or what you need to say because it is such a private matter really mm-hmm. and if you're going to ask a question that gives you like provokes that sort of private or goes it dives into that private matter be okay with what comes out the fact that she might just dump, dump like everything on you True. Um, yeah because sometimes especially when you're trying to conceive as well as if you've experienced loss and navigating when you've got a living child then after loss and then still navigating those questions there's a lot of emotion behind there like when you're asking when someone's asking you when are you going to have children or when are you going to have a second child there's a lot of emotion there and for the woman, she's going to either be pushing everything down, trying her hardest not to flip out, right. or she will be triggered and she will react. Mm-hmm. And she might um, do it in a really pleasant way. But I've heard a lot of women who have, you know, reacted and kind of just kind of dumped everything that's happened out. People just don't know how to respond. Right. But you're asking that question. So if you're going to ask a question like that, be okay with how that woman is going to respond because you obviously like you don't know what's going on in people's lives but I feel like society just feel they have this right to ask right. them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I don't know why they feel that way with fertility in particular. I guess because society as a whole does have a vested interest in wanting to continue society, you know, like continue our human race. But on the other hand, we don't ask people about like, oh, how's your cancer treatment going? Or, oh, how's your divorce going? Like, you know, I mean, I don't know, like fertility seems to be a topic that people just think it's okay to invade your privacy Mm -hmm. with. And I'm not sure why, (laughs) but it's not. (laughs) They think it's open slather. They're like, yeah, this is a a very valid question to be asking a woman. (laughs) Right. Um, So I want to talk about your program or I want you to talk about your program and kind of how you, you know, developed it and what you do in it so that if women are interested in your services, they can definitely take advantage of them. 
Yeah. So I still support obviously women that are going through pregnancy loss and trying to navigate life after loss because it is a very, still a very hard time. And there are so many women that are going through that. So I do have a couple of programs where I support women through obviously those heavy emotions, the grief, reconnecting to who they are as a woman and being able to, you know, step back out into life with confidence. But I think the biggest thing was a couple of years ago, I was reached, I had been supporting angel mums and I was approached by a couple of women to say, I need to know how you do what you do. Because obviously I was out there, I was doing the things, I was supporting women and these women were like, I've been through loss too and I want to know how I can do that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I created the Pregnancy Loss Practitioner Certification. Essentially what I did was I stripped back my own healing journey. The transitions that I went through in my healing, put that into a program. And also it's a very, very similar program to how I support my angel mums. So I know that the tools that I supply inside of the practitioner certification are ones that work because Mm -hmm. the angel mums have done them themselves and I have done them as well, myself. And I would never share anything inside of the programs that I haven't done myself because, you know, I know what it's like then to live that and to use it and integrate it into my own life. That has now become level one of the practitioner program is essentially how to, you know, navigate your emotions, the thought patterns, you know, reconnect to your identity after loss. Mm -hmm. But I've now developed level two, which is a trauma-informed trauma-informed care and nervous system regulation for pregnancy loss. It's um, teaching them, teaching the students how to become trauma aware, acknowledging the women when they're coming through that they might be experiencing trauma and then how to be able to support them on a deeper level in being able to release and process that trauma on a somatic level. So on a body level, so that they can then start to shift those thought patterns and shift those emotions that are really been maybe hard to move. And loss has such a ripple effect in, in throughout our entire life. So this program kind of supports a woman at any point after loss. So whether it's weeks, months, or years, the content of the program can meet the woman, meet the woman where she is. But it's sometimes really hard to connect that your issue that you're having now is connected to loss. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if there's any moments in your life that you do feel stressed and your body is like you're always feeling triggered or you're feeling stuck or you're self-sabotaging, a lot of the time that is uh, underlying trauma. That's a lot of what I go into inside the practitioner program is how to support them through those times where, you know, they might be self-sabotaging so that you're creating then safety in the body. So the body knows Mm -hmm. that it's safe to be able to undertake that next thing or do that new thing, see that person because you can't just say to someone that has experienced trauma, just shift your mindset. Like it has to come from the body first. A triggering moment isn't over until the body says it's over. So it's, I developed level two because I knew that pregnancy loss, women that have navigated pregnancy loss have obviously there'll be some that have had really traumatic experiences through that as well. I love that. I mean, I love the different levels and um, 
I love what you're doing with it. Do you have, I mean, when women go through both of the tiers of your program and then they come out of it, do they, do they ever tell you or talk to you about how they compare it to what like a traditional therapist gave them? Because I just want women to know, like you said at the beginning, that traditional therapy isn't the only and probably isn't the correct solution for a lot of us that go through this. So do you hear from your clients, like comparing what your program offers versus what they got from a traditional counselor? Uh, One student in particular told me that she was diagnosed with PTSD after her loss and she saw a therapist for seven years. It wasn't until she undertook the content in level two that she deeply understood what her PTSD was and how she could support her body through it. She said to me that she's like, where have you been my whole entire life? She goes, where were you seven years ago when I was told I had to see a therapist for her PTSD? And she's like, and it it just didn't help. Like, yeah, yeah. Therapy helped in terms of being able to talk it out, but she never really understood what was happening on her body level, like inside of her. She didn't understand what was happening on her nerve in her nervous system when she did that. And she said that to me. I was like, wow, just a simple statement that I had p- placed inside of level two about PTSD um, and how it it plays out in the body and the nervous system was enough for her to have this real light bulb moment and go, Oh my gosh, like I can, I can do this. I don't have to now live with PTSD. I can support my nervous system and I can support my body through that and be able to heal herself. So Mm -hmm. that was a huge, yeah, a huge moment for me as well to hear her say that. Um, and to hear her say also that seven years of therapy didn't give her that insight into why she was feeling the way she was feeling, why she kept having these things happen in her life that did keep mm-hmm. happening. Um, and it was linked to her PTSD and how unsafe her body felt in her day-to-day life, regardless of how much work she had done prior. Yeah, that's really powerful. And, you know, one of your clients to be able to say that, working with you in that short amount of time basically negated or not negated, but basically gave her the clarity that she needed that seven years of therapy didn't. Do you have other testimonials like that, that are just amazingly powerful and give people hope that they can, you know, not have to wait seven years to feel that way? Yeah. So I had, when I started my coaching program at the very beginning of my career, so I was supporting angel moms and essentially the content that I support them with is now what I've put in the practitioner program. But when I started supporting angel moms, I did a four week container with one of the angel moms. And she said to me at the end of four weeks that that was more powerful and more transformative than seven months of therapy that she had been receiving. And she really took away the fact that I gave her the power of her own healing. So that was like, yeah, that was another really huge thing. And for her to specifically also mention how different that support was to therapy, how much more she gained in four weeks uh, within a within sessions with myself. Yeah. So where can people find more information on your program if they want to, you know, want to reach out to you and participate with you? Definitely. Um, Instagram is my 
it's an extension of me, um, extension of everything that I, that I value that I think is important to share. You can head over to at Institute of Healing underscore PL. Also, I do have all of the programs that are available on my website as well. So it's just www.sharnasalvin.com. And if you go to the work with me tab, you can find all of the programs that I offer, obviously women navigating um, loss, as well as the pregnancy loss practitioner certification and the different sort of ways that you can be involved in that as well. And just because, you know, I am in the US and you're in Australia, you you are able to work with women no matter where they're located, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got women inside of the practitioner certification that are from America, US, America, UK, and also Australia. Um, so in terms of just support, the support programs as well, like I've worked with women from uh, America, Alaska, uh, the UK as well. So it's all of the programs are all online. Any of the one-on-one sessions that we do is all through Zoom is literally able to be accessed anywhere. Awesome. And you do also have your own podcast, right? You want to talk a little bit about that? I listened to a couple of your first episodes. They're awesome. So that that's another outlet where women can find you, right? Yeah, absolutely. I obviously created the podcast because there was so much that I felt was missing in the medical system in terms of, you know, what they tell you that you need to do uh, in your healing and recovery. So I I started the What I Wish I Knew After Pregnancy Loss podcast, which I feel is giving you the awareness and education in terms of what is necessary that the doctors aren't going to tell you how to support yourself. Also how like coming from me, that's someone who has been through that, like it's validating the emotions and the experience as well. Right. So, you know, you can come and have that validation as well as maybe go away with some tools and resources and some awareness of how to maybe navigate your own healing and empower yourself really. And they can find that on Apple Podcasts or you have that on all of the platforms for that? Yeah, yeah. So as many of the platforms that I could, I... Right? (laughs) I didn't realize there were so many out there until I started this podcast, but that's that's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. It can get your message out there in so many different ways. So any sort of the major podcast platforms, um, if you search what I wish I knew after pregnancy loss, it should be there. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I'm your new program, you know, the the nervous system one. I'm definitely gonna, I'm gonna be a client. Um, I can't wait to work with you on that. I think that's that's something that we don't often associate with any sort of trauma. I think I'm really excited for you. I do want to respect your time. You're a busy mom, and you've got your own life here. So, um, is there anything else? One question I always ask people is if you could. Tell yourself when you started this journey, you know, with your your pregnancy loss and your infertility, you know, what's one thing that you would have told your your younger self that you know now that you wish you would have known then? It's hard because I think no matter what I experience, that I'll be able to get through it. The challenging days, the hard days, the really, really, really down days might mm-hmm. feel like they last forever, but they don't. And it might feel like you're not worthy, but you are. 
Yeah, I think we could say that to all of us and hopefully take it, take the advice. That, I was just going to say, there's so many probably things that I could say to myself, but just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, I want to thank you again so much for being a part of this um, today. And we will put all of her information in the show notes so that you know exactly where to find her and all of her programs and her brand new podcast. So thank you again, Sharna. I really appreciate it. And I hope that you can reach out to a lot of other women with this because I think it's definitely needed. Yeah, thank you so much. And thanks for having me on your podcast and allowing me the space to talk about it. Of course. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. If you like this episode, be sure to download, subscribe, and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast. It really helps the show and helps me know the exact information my listeners want to talk about. For more information on accepting infertility and finding happiness beyond it, visit my website, www.charliedice.com. That's Charlie spelled C-H-A-R-L-I-E, Dice, D-I-C-E.com. Stay tuned for next week's episode.